my name's Brandon. And if you're anything like me, you're part of America's youth being destroyed by a violent narcotic, an unspeakable scourge, the real public enemy, number one. This is Get Into the Groove, the podcast where we find the groove and we get into it. And here with me, as always, pass it on the left-hand side, it's Colton Cox. <laughs> Excellent reference, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> and also with us, excuse me while I kiss the sky, it's Jeannie. Thank you. Also, I have been scared straight. By this movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, would, I guess I won't speak for you, but it happened for me. It happened for me too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. There was a moment where I went, oh. my choices. Oh, no. <laughs> I will listen to Jesus, Jimmy. And of course, stop and hit the bong like Cheech and Chong. It's Melissa. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey. You have uh, given us this treasure that is Reefer Madness I this have. week. Yes. This um, is my pick. This is your pick. Um, and here with us to talk about your pick. They are our second friends of the pod. So that's exciting. Our circle is growing. <gasps> okay. So our people are, um, our guests today are turning all of our children into hooligans and whores. It's Lisa and Christina. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. And I do have to state for the record that I am the one that brought Reefer Madness to the Melissa. Full 100% credit, <laughs> yes. Christina's it is Christina's fault. So actually, this is all about me, so. Yes. Welcome yeah. to my Which show. Which is also <laughs> why she is the guest of the podcast this week. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm just here for the ride. And Lisa's here for and the ride. And we and love the having Lisa. We're so we've got, happy We've got Monica in our studio Lisa. audience back here. Hi, so Monica. It is a full she house. She is absolutely ignoring She doesn't want anything to do with us. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. Um, oh, so uh, we're asking every guest, um, I've just decided for everybody, that we're asking every guest what their groove is, what, what they have an album in their life that they have to listen to top to bottom. Mm. Like if you hear a song, you're like, oh, let's take it from the top, boys. You run through the whole thing. Lisa? Um, I am scrolling through my hundreds of playlists that are like 42 hours long, so I don't know I'm if familiar. I have just a one. <laughs> Mine would have to be some musical, any musical. Usually, um, I honestly, this is not a lie. <laughs> can say that if I hear one song from Reefer Madness, I legitimately have to listen to all of the songs mm-hmm, from Reefer Madness. Mm-hmm. I can confirm. And I, I know that it's just topical because it's like right on, you know, it is the subject, but it's it's not a lie. Well, that, I suppose that's the perfect answer. You guys win our $100,000 prize. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Wow. What? So, <laughs> the points uh, don't matter. The money's made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, I knew the money was made up. I got <laughs> Got lied to for a second. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess Melissa, uh, uh, we were introduced to this this movie. We were, we were a long time ago, and re- really is the foundation of our friendship. Yeah, twelve years. 
Wow. 12 years ago. 12 years. 2009. Since, um, summer of 2009. We're entering the 12th year. Our 12th summer since that epic summer that we became friends. A really became friends. summers later. A dozen, a dozen summers later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I can honestly say that I um, it scared the bejesus out of me. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking it. It it worked for me. Reefer Madness for a time. For a time. <laughs> okay, so um, the movie. Uh, we're just gonna jump right into it. Yeah. Yes. Um, the soundtrack is. Oh, what's that guy's name? Who's the guy that plays Ralph? Already, I'm Chris, failing miserably. Oh, not Ralph. No. Ralph. Dan. Dan. Ken. No. Who, who are you talking about? The the guy who plays Ralph is Kevin Murphy. Oh, what? No. Well, why? What? <laughs> Y'all. So prepared for the first question. Right. <laughs> oh, man. The first track on the album is, um, okay, the opening fanfare, but the actor is uh, uh, John Kasser, who plays Ralph, who does the laughing. Yes. That's what I wanted to point out. Okay. That laughing, that hysterical laughing, there is nobody who could do it better. Um, and then we have this uh, beautiful intro into Reefer Madness. So the movie is, uh, it starts out like a, a PSA. We're in black and white. We're in like a Pleasantville high school. Um, and we see- Any town USA. Any town USA. We see Alan Cumming setting up for um, this little PSA. Um, and so if we don't already know, I'm sure we all here do. Um, this is based off of a PSA that was made in 1936 called uh, Tell Your Children. Um, and the plot is essentially the same. It's um, not, not, not changed very much at all. That first scene, like before the Reefer Madness movie starts, I love that whole thing. Alan Cummings just owning the entire thing. <laughs> And like Melissa always talks about when we watch this, just all the like nuances of everyone's performance, just all these little small things that add so much detail to it. They're putting 100% of themselves in the movie. Yes. Like there's nothing that is thrown away. Well, Everything is deliberate. It's like the thing, I feel like a lot of the times when you take a Broadway show and put it into a movie, it loses a lot of the like Broadway-ness of it. Right. Um, and I, this really even though it is very definitely a movie and not like a stage show, uh, it keeps that same energy. So I like the whole opening sequence. I feel like sets up like this, this is a musical. It's not like yeah. a weird film. At, yeah. Adaptation. We're not trying to fool you into thinking that this is like realism. Or <laughs> right. Colton, do you typically hate movie musicals? Not necessarily. I just think a lot of the times when you, cause they usually pull in like, um, Hollywood actors who very often cannot sing on the same level that Broadway actors can. Right. Which is absolutely not the case in this movie. Which right. Is, uh, exciting. Thank God. Right. Well, I mean, like, uh, the example that most comes to mind for me is Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera. Uh, like, it's really just like. Russell Crowe. Russell uh, Crowe. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Is that is that Russell Crowe? No, no, no Russell Crowe. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I should have oh. finished my sentence. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> they understood. I did not. <laughs> but no, yeah, I I feel like they bring in these Hollywood actors to like bring in more of a wider audience, and then more often than not, it kind of takes away from the like production value of 
how good the show actually is. Yeah. Listen, I thought you you said Gerard Butler, but I thought you said Gerard Way in for a minute. I was like, oh, yo, I didn't no. hear about that. What? <laughs> I'd be interested. <laughs> Even no. if it's bad, I'll see it. Yes. Right? <laughs> I think it's kind of amazing that Kristen Bell didn't go and do more musicals after this. Like, I mean, she uh, Frozen, but true. not like in this way. Well, she yeah. got into Veronica Mars. So that probably took a lot of her. Oh, yeah. I mean, I that was a long running. Mars. That's like having a day job. What a show. And then she was an It Girl. Like, yeah. She got more It Girl parts. And then she married Dax Shepard. And nobody knows what happened. <laughs> Is that mystery? <laughs> Still unresolved. Okay. He got her a sloth. He's got to have some sort of heart. <laughs> Leave him um, alone. We were just talking about the opening sequence right into where the movie starts. Quote yes. unquote. I really enjoy this opening number because I feel like it, it kind of encapsulates very well in a nutshell exactly what this entire movie is going to be like and about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it is it, it is a farce on. Well, it's not a farce, actually it's pretty accurate on how America was at the time. True. They just made it look ridiculous to be entertaining, but it's very accurate. Mm -hmm. And that like little featurette that we just watched, um, the original PSA had essentially actors that did not have a name for themselves. Um, And, you know, the, they were questioning whether or not that they knew that they were doing something that was kind of ridiculous. And apparently um, the production of it, like the production people involved, people who paid for it, whatever, they were like really serious about it, obviously, because they were trying to get the message out there. Um, but the tell actors, the children. exactly, they were trying to tell the children. And it was it was a church. Yeah, yes, it was originally it was a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not government funded. It was funded by a church. Um, and like this musical did not have to stretch far because the opening speech is directly like from the PSA. It's like right. The scroll was it that a paying gig? I don't know. Did they get paid to be in the in the original PSA? Did they no. get paid? No, and you know what? I actually read some history on this. So they, they didn't get paid to be in the original PSA, and then the church didn't copyright it correctly. Yeah, and so someone found the random like tape of it and paid like two hundred seventy nine dollars for it, copyrighted the hell out of it, and that's what actually got distributed as "Tell Your Children" in the four different. So the the original people who produced it as the church group got basically got no credit for it. Wow, that uh, sucks. <laughs> the, you know, I saw this but didn't go down the rabbit hole. Um, it was like put on the exploitation film mm-hmm. circuit. What 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 is that? Is there anybody that has that information? There was a whole bunch of films about well, there were, the three that I read about were specifically about marijuana. Actually, that were just circulating oh. the country, basically trying to get the message out. So they're like propaganda films. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Interesting. Yeah, the whole opening, like his his monologue that leads into the actual number, it is directly from the movie. Um, and I just want to read it here. Um, the, the bit where he starts with, uh, it would not otherwise have been possible to sufficiently emphasize the frightening toll of the new drug menace, which is destroying the youth of America in alarmingly increasing numbers. Marijuana, it's actually spelled <laughs> with an H, um, is that drug. A violent narcotic, an unspeakable scourge, the, uh, the real public enemy, number one. And then it goes into like a list of symptoms. Um, and it's all ridiculous. It's uncontrollable laughter, uh, hallucinations, fixed ideas, and then inability to complete an idea. And then murder, like uh, incurable insanity. <laughs> like, they were close. Murder. Escalated quickly. Yeah. They were murder. close with inability to complete an idea. Yeah. And, yeah. Just yeah. Maybe uncontrollable laughter. Maybe yeah. uncontrollable laughter. My God. Um... 
So yeah, but this opening number is fantastic. It strikes um, fear into my heart. <laughs> I read that this thing had 16, um, I thought it said dance numbers, but it was actually musical sequences with a number of complicated dance numbers. And for a TV movie, I feel like, yeah, that's they're, they're pulling out all the stops for this. And 16's think, a lot for a show, period. Yeah. Um, and I, this is like the first true like group dance number, quote unquote. It's like choreographed movements, I suppose. Um, Zombies. Yes. I mean, from a production standpoint, this one is a big number. It's yeah, yes. yeah, right. Like everybody's in it. Yeah. Um, I saw that the high school is named Harry J. Onslinger or something like that. Mm-hmm. High school. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw this, but uh, he's the father of the drug war. Is what he's referred to. Oh, he Lord. he was the first um, commissioner for um, he was in the the Nixon administration and he sure. was commissioner for like the very first commissioner for whatever office it was that operated all of the like drug. He was the first drug czar. Yes, yeah. Drug czar, and yeah. he was actually appointed by the Department of the Treasury. <sighs> right. We just saw that in that. Yeah, that doesn't make sense why is the department of treasury doing that? anyway it's always about that money it's yeah always about that money. go on but yeah um i just noticed that's what they named the high school and this this movie is just like chocked full of references to things outside of yeah they don't leave anything yeah amiss at all in this movie yeah no, props to the set dressers Oh, yes. props to everybody. Like they all were the working details. together like crazy on this. <laughs> all the hidden four twenties. Yeah, throughout. how many did anyone count? How many are <laughs> all the clocks? Six four twenties. Yeah, if there's if there's text or numbers, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Like there's something behind them yeah. anywhere. And they're not just throwing things away. They're not throwing anything away. No. Mm. How sustainable? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very green reefer madness. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, um, after everything is settled down, um, Alan Cumming, the narrator, just finally starts the movie, and it goes into a town, not unlike the one we were originally in, um, into a story about the Harper affair, I think is what it's referred Mm -hmm. to as, um, and we meet Jimmy Harper, Played by Christian Campbell, who is apparently 40 years old. He's actually 33. I think that was an exaggeration given to me from the person who showed me. Oh, I see. (laughs) Uh, But the point is, is that um, he keeps it fit. He keeps it tight. I mean, he's been playing the same role for like 10 years. Yeah. He started out as a somewhat appropriate age for the role and just still looked the same. So that's amazing. I feel like that would. It's so fortuitous. So fortuitous. Okay, so we meet our main characters. Oh, you want me to go on? Yeah. Okay, we meet our main <laughs> characters. Fantastic. We meet James Fenimore Harper, and we meet his little little lovely lady. Uh, little, what's her name? Mary Lane. Mary, Mary Lane. Lane. I know. I was referencing the end of the movie. I was <laughs> referencing the end of the movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> and so, Julia. We meet Mary Lane. Um, and they're these two extra super ridiculously innocent kids from, you know, what you would expect out of BFE perfection 1936, right? Super cute. What I found interesting, let me just bring this up real fast, is that the the version of this that they're showing is Tell Your Children, which is the name of the one that was shown in the South. But this entire movie feels like it's somewhere in like 
New England. Yeah. <laughs> or something. It is full of wasps. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we meet our main characters and we find out they're just real cute and real fun and whatever. And they're studying Romeo and Juliet. Just again, straight from the PSA. That's their like plot vehicle to bring the two ingenues together is that they're studying Romeo and Juliet. Complete. The mom brings out hot chocolate. Like it's they, they don't. They're not. They're like, you know what? We could just. They didn't write anything new. What I'm saying. Because they didn't have to, because it, it, it was that ridiculous. It was that ridiculous. All the material. material was there. And truthfully, that's not entirely true. They did switch they a lot. Quite a bit. Yeah. And they switched out quite a bit, yes. <laughs> but but yeah, the gist is there. The bones yeah. were there. The bones already. were there. The structure was the there. The comedy yeah. was there. The comedy was there. Their they first draft was already done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we go right into Romeo and Juliet. Which I think is a really great song just because it shows how um intensely innocent our protagonists are sickeningly so sickeningly so <laughs> um but it also speaks to the uh supposed innocence of the time as well right you know what i mean it's like that's what people expected people to act like and expected you to feel like and that's i mean like today you'd look teenagers at, if anybody approached like. you like that today you'd be like something's wrong with you yeah what how are you on for meds like what's happening here do i do you need help do i need to call someone you're t- it's too much <laughs> It helps it just like feel so over the top, even right. though that it's was like, supposed to be the standard. Oh yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's just a really good setup to set how up how innocent those two in particular are out of this movie. Um, and it's interesting that uh, Tell Your Children is kind of recognized as one of the uh, a film that really shows the generation gap, like how the older generation is, is trying to understand the younger generation, like failing miserably. Um, yeah, and it's really prominent in these uh, Jimmy and what's her name characters, Mary. Mary, Mary, Lord Jane. Jesus, help us. My favorite, my favorite gag in this opening sequence is that um, William Shakespeare at their like oh. their, their wedding, he's officiating the wedding, and they keep talking about how they haven't finished reading Romeo and Juliet yet. And yeah, they like, don't know how it ends. Yeah, they're like, I bet the ending's really great. I bet they get married and have a lot of kids and make lots of friends. Shakespeare's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, he, he has no lines. He's just standing no. there like, no, Guys, no. Wait, <laughs> hold on. It's a great sight gag. It's another like, this is a stage show. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that. Definitely. That is going to happen on a stage. That is yeah. that visual comedy of this is a bit part, but not a bit actor. Mm hmm. I think that's just getting a moment. I think that's like really one of the marks of this particular movie of like how well they moved the stage version to the film. Because if you go see a really well done show, even the chorus members are like memorable pieces of the cast, you know? So like even when they move it to the movie format, like every small, they're like, there are are no small parts in this movie. Yeah. And they didn't try to minimize those small parts. I think that's that's a lot of my contention with movie musicals is that they tend to well, they tend to act like movies. And they're, so they tend to like focus in on a particular character at a particular situation when if you're seeing the show, you're seeing the entire thing put together in front of you and you can see this person, this person, this person. And in this show, I feel like they would do a really good job of showing the whole ensemble and the whole you get the whole picture every time. Yeah. Yeah. Movies are really trying to like trim the fat. So like they're going to take out anything that's not considered essential. Right. And then, you know, that kind of takes away from the charm of things that happen in a live stage show, you know? 
And with one as cheesy as this, they need to just oh, yeah. keep them all. Keep all mm-hmm. the stops. <laughs> we don't need any close-up angles of yes. the person no. speaking. Right. Now. It's much more like Little Shop of Horrors style. Exactly. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. That's a good example. Yes, it is. Lisa. <laughs> Coming in clutch <laughs> with a musical theater example. That's what happens when you marry a theater nerd. <laughs> yes. Just osmosis is happening. <laughs> There's something weird about like Christine the, is very proud. <laughs> you can't see how it. proud I am. <laughs> There's something about like the dark comedy murder musicals that started like popping up after Little Little Shop of Horrors and like you know the Rocky Horror Show. And I think there's one. Um, oh fuck! What's that? What's that movie with Michael Douglas and um, um, fucking um, Demi Moore? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a weird uh, movie uh, or musical of that. Like, there's a lot of these dark musicals that are out there. Um, it's just it's funny to acknowledge that that is like a genre of musical theater that exists. Thank goodness for that, I guess, because I love Little Shop of Horrors too. So <laughs> they have their place. They have their place in the culture. Uh, so we move right along. The next track on the um, soundtrack is this stuff. Um, oh yeah so all right so then we have we 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 meet our our villains i guess you could call them not so much may but we do meet our villains jack and may and sally and and ralph 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 um and may is obviously a beaten woman the poor child lord jesus she's been taken into this reefer den and she's given all the reefer sticks now she's with this abusive man, and our first foray into her is the stuff. We get her backstory. We her get the whole backstory. Bits. Yeah. She was a student. <laughs> and to that, a masterful performance in this number. Truly. And a gas dire. So Shout out. Steals the whole damn show. The whole show. It really does. The Has the best bits. Yeah. yeah. She really kills it. Um... And her vocal performance in this sh- in this is on point. Like the whole show is on point, but this 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 one is not easy to sing. I really didn't know she had this in her. I feel like she sang a lot on SNL, but it was always so ridiculous. Yeah. Not that this is not ridiculous. <laughs> don't get it twisted. It absolutely is. But I don't think she ever quite showed off her vocal chops yeah. until I saw her in this, and I was like, wow, this gives her a chance. And then you pair that with her facial expressions and just mannerisms and like owning that whole like 1940s film vibe of like (laughs) trying to speak in like a ridiculous transatlantic accent yes it's so funny but then she actually has the voice to back it up so it's like catchy i feel like you sing this one the most out of all of them oh yeah it's a good one this is for sure one that like you have to see it with the performance or it just doesn't have the same, like it still sounds incredible with just the audio, but like all of the little mannerisms and like the, huh. yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed when she straightens the picture. <laughs> yes. Like there's something about that. That's just so perfect and brilliant. She's just like, boom. Also in like true theater fashion, I noticed something today. There's a picture of her, like a portrait of her and she walks by it and it's literally the next scene. It's the same dress, same hair. Like they snapped a photo, put it in a frame and put it on yep. the set. Foreshadowing. <laughs> That's great. Love that. 
Yeah, that's the movie ends for me right there. That's that's it. That's just all those, I need to see. Those numbers. And, and, and the reprise. And then yeah. and then it, yes. and then we're oh, good. the reprise. <laughs> that's an evolution. Which is the end. Yes. So in the original PSA, May Coleman was essentially the villain. They keep saying, like, if it weren't for May Coleman, none of this would have happened. And it's her fault that all the kids came in here and whatever. Um and she ends up throwing herself out of a building so i guess justice is served of course they blame it all on a woman of course they do of course they do those men she's Evil hysterical tinctures. she sluts <laughs> a madam runs a different kind of house that's like my favorite line <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> next okay so, so now to go back that for a second yeah. i enjoy that they changed that part Mixed. in this newer one yeah i think they wanted make mm-hmm. Holman to be like because it really in in the I PSA, enjoy her they wanted to give her her due yeah and um the in, in the og it's it's all jack's fault anyway like he's the one like bringing children to the house and she's like blame it on a man in 1936 yeah exactly so we're going change that up. It's the woman and her emotions. And we're going down um at the old five and dime. That's the next track. Oh, um uh, you know, I I'll be dead ass honest. I hated this number for ever. This always just struck me as one of those pieces in a musical that's purely in there for a dance number. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the, yeah. Dance number. the lyrics like, I don't are, need to listen to it. The lyrics are cocking nonsense. I <laughs> You know what? The thing that I like about this number is it sets up all of the things that they set up all of this propaganda against because you've got dancing, you've got jazz music. Like they start talking about these things and you're like, yeah, that's right. That's associated weed and jazz music. They go hand in hand. So there's this whole like setup for like, cause they just keep building on it too. Like all of this propaganda that like was getting pushed on people regarding all of these things that kind of like, kind of culminate together really like oh they're in a vulnerable position they're listening to jazz yeah (laughs) specifically they're listening to benny goodman is what they make the statement to which is interesting because it's like the one white jazz musician of the time really Mm. i wonder if that came straight like from the original (laughs) too wow also, it's as- okay to listen to good- Benny Goodman, they say. <laughs> <laughs> but the others, I'm not so sure about. It just sort of set up that swing dance is the gateway drug. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, so that's all he wanted to do. He just wanted yeah. to learn how to which swing I think dance. is hilarious. <laughs> oh lord! Um, by a guy who can't really dance. <laughs> if we're talking about dance numbers, I, you pointed this out to me, and I can't unsee it now, Christina. Um, is that Stephen Weber? Bless the guy. Doesn't really know how to dance, probably. No, he um, can't. And they probably choreographed all of it to just like be Nev Campbell heavy, which is like great. But yeah, what which that also, dance could have been, though. Which also, though, could have inadvertently and maybe even not intentionally spoken to the naivety of Jimmy looking up to an older guy and seeing him as cooler than he actually is when he's really not that cool. Deep. Look at that. Like meta. he made it look good. Well, and this was very much created to put Nev Campbell in this movie. Um, at the time, 2005, she was really the only name on the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, like, her her role is small enough that, like, she shouldn't really be in the, like, curtain call part. Like, she shouldn't yeah. be on the bill, but she was the biggest name of the time. That's so funny. I didn't even know she was a dancer. No. But it's like... Apparently, her first thing that she yeah was... she 
Sorry. Yeah, um, I used to dance for a moment. Um, and she was like on the cover of dance magazines. And I mean, like, wow. She's a classically trained dancer. It's like her thing. Wow. Well, she looked great during that number. Yes, she did. Um, I always love when you find out little interesting things like that about celebrities. Like um, when, what's his name? Craig from Glee was on the cover of Forensics magazine. Do you remember that one? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, the the gay boy. Oh, Chris Colfer? Yeah. He was on the cover of Forensics when we were in high school. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Because he did Forensics when he was in high school. That would have warmed my little bit of heart. I was Forensics. Yeah, I just love seeing those like weird off-the-wall things like that you wouldn't think that celebrity would be on the cover, but there they are. That's funny. Um, what else is in this number? We talked about Nev Campbell. I think she is the number. She <laughs> is the number. And then Jimmy gets taken to the reefer den. That's what this introduces us to. Yeah. Uh, the temptation. Yes. The plot begins, I suppose, right there. Basically. Um, so we go to the reefer den. The next song on the track is officially titled Jimmy Takes a Hit slash The Orgy. Um, oh, I just I uh, there's like a really important plot point that, that is related to Five and Dime in the fact that Jimmy wants dancing lessons mm-hmm. so that he can dance with Mary Lane um, to possibly meet the president or some sort of award. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get some. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, I can't dance. I better learn, and then from this all downhill from there. That seems to know how to dance, but actually can't. As Melissa yeah. pointed out. Anyway, yeah. that was that was just a little bit. That is an so important he, plot he point. He scammed him on that part too. Yep. He's oh. just a little weasel. Yeah. A weasel. Um. So now, uh, um, what the fuck's his name? Jack has coaxed Jimmy over to the weed den. Um, and we meet all the, or rather, he meets all these other characters. Ralph who um, in the PSA plays the same role. Uh, he laughs, uh, he has sex, and he dies. Um, <laughs> and a point on that laugh, uh, and, he, and ha- he played the Crypt Keeper, which is kind of why they pulled him in to do that laugh. No shit, he's yeah, the Crypt he's Keeper? Like yeah, he's the voice of the Crypt wow. Keeper, so that's why the, the, like, oh. the laugh I read was that such earlier. a thing. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> Look at you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That laugh is so iconic. Like it, it, like nobody else. There, there, there is not anybody else who could probably do that. that yeah. So they, they. I think. Well, he was saying in that interview that we were watching of him that they pretty much pulled him in just for that reason for this for this movie. It's, it's, it's on his resume. Yeah. Special skill, the laugh. You know. <laughs> well, he killed it everywhere else. He did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we meet Ralph. Jimmy meets Ralph, and Jimmy meets um. Sally. Um, Jimmy meets Sally. Jimmy meets Sally, who Sally. has a baby. My second um, favorite character in this show, Sally. Now she, <laughs> she's when, she's amazing. Um, uh, has a baby who's currently on fire. Currently on fire. Um, and no, Jimmy saves no the day. Um, Damn baby. And then uh, May Coleman meets Jimmy. Tells Jack to get him out of here because he's just a kid. Um, and then Sally tries to get Jimmy to smoke a reefer stick and um, a giggle stick. And the orgy starts. The orgy, quote unquote, starts. Orgy. 
Yeah. Jimmy <laughs> takes one hit and goes into a full-on hallucination, including <laughs> the devil, including... He's fully swept away to an island of... Yes. Compact- actual full strippers. Order. Actual, actual strippers. Canadian actual Canadian porn strippers. stars. <laughs> An orgy luau, I guess. You orgy luau. Yes. Uh, there's some sacrificial things going Rather on. Rather appropriate moment. Yeah. Also, Fall another time culture. for Alan coming to shine. I think. Yes. Oh. Honestly, my favorite moment is when everyone is dancing towards the devil, Alan coming, and Jimmy still turn around like <laughs> just jam into the wall, like yes, this is so fun. And if there was any question before this moment, just how ripped. Christian Campbell is. Oh, take yeah. him down to a dance belt. Yeah. So <laughs> essentially completely nude. Just uh, a little marijuana leaf over the uh the important bits. Yeah, very, very Adam and Eve. Um I divide this movie in like three hurdles. Like if I introduce this movie to somebody, I say, Okay, there are three like checkpoints that you just like have to get through. This and is then, one. And then you'll you'll be out home free and you'll be unscathed and you'll be fine. This is the first one. This is hurdle number one. Um, because, I mean, like, it was over the top at the beginning, but I truly was not expecting this my first go around. This um, is where you lose people. The, like, uh, I don't think I, I can par- keep watching I was, this. The pearls were clutched, indeed. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing performance. Amazing. Yeah. Um, some of the chorus girls uh, that are featured in this number, this other dance number, um, one dancer is the director's wife. Uh, one dancer is Christian Campbell's wife, and the rest are Canadian strippers. Yeah, everybody killed it, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh, oh, no. I have another thing to say. Um, in their original run in L.A. when they were doing this on the stage, there was choreography by Paula Abdul. <gasps> oh, yeah. Straight up, now tell me about that. That was uh, the only... Or I'm sorry, I misread it. <laughs> the orgy was revamped with new choreography. Yeah. Huh. That's all it says, but pa- Paul Abdul. So I'm curious to know if there's like any moves or like, you know, something that is still in the choreography. I can see like, that. That's like yeah. a shout Definitely. out to her or something. I just can't stop wondering what would happen if marijuana really was like that. I know, right? <laughs> Here comes Lisa. I mean, you take one hit and you're and suddenly. Over. Oh my this, god! Like, I don't think I don't think anybody book. would do it as much as they do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a single drug on earth that can do that, really. No, it's just like if you can find Not in reality. <laughs> like what? I also, this song also is is a, your first taste of um, Sally's character and how diverse that's about to be. Yeah. Because she takes the hell over. Sally as a character and that actress. Yeah. Oh my god. You can really you can start to see what she can do, and you're like, oh okay, this is why she's here. This is why. I love how much she looks like Anna Nicole Smith Mm -hmm. for this role. (laughs) I love it. I didn't even think that. Uh, Oh, she's got the blue eyeshadow. She's got the like silver hair. And she looks. I feel like she looks way different out of character. I don't know. She does. I saw like a picture of her and I was like, oh, wait. Like I didn't think they were the same person. I thought there was a mix up. Fun fact, she uh, used to be married to Michael C. Hall. Yes. And was in an episode of Six Feet Under while they were married. Interesting. Which episode? I just binged it. I binged all of it. Oh, I don't know. I just knew that. Okay, that's fine. It was the end of my factoid. I just go back again. 2002 to 2007. (laughs) <laughs> Just in the, While we're talking about that, the Los Angeles run. <clears throat> yeah. 
I was reading that the show's ending, I guess the original ending of it, was uh, Jimmy is electrocuted. Mm-hmm. May jumps out a window uh, when she's unable to save him. And then there's a scene where all the dead characters recite ridiculous but real quotes. It doesn't say what quotes, but ridiculous but real <laughs> quotes. Um, but then it got replaced by the one that we know as the "Tell Him the Truth" number. Yes, it's a pretty solid number and a, like a callback to what it came from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not there yet. We're but we're not there yet. Um, we've only just gotten through the orgy. Um, and if you yes, have made it this far, congrats. <laughs> um, there's still more to come, though. So the next number, we find <laughs> we find Mary Lane. She's at the church because Jimmy has lost his way. Um, and the next track is Lonely Pew, a Kristen Bell number. Which was also added after the yeah. original draft. A good choice, boys. I feel like this is another like parallel also to Little Shop a little bit. Like yes. this has very it's somewhere than screen vibes yeah, for me. Absolutely. It's that like contemplative, yeah. like blonde <laughs> solo. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. We also get our introduction with this song to the like um, religion aspect mm-hmm. flowing through the show. And it is like very specific yes. religious stuff that they're saying that it like you would miss all of it if you didn't have like some background in the church yes. and they're just on point. Like what? Can um, like she example? says that the wafers won't transubstantiate. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't taste they good because they so don't great. taste like Jesus's flesh. Yeah. <laughs> like that is what that line means. And it's hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is also funny because it is a church. Like a church started this. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. This is Full one circle. of the tools that they always use to get people with propaganda is religion very much. Also, uh, hats off to Kristen Bell for her perfect ooh vowel. <laughs> <laughs> the the worst vowel to sing on the planet Earth, and she just pops it out perfectly. Ooh, ooh! At the end, especially that high. I mean, they put it right on the break. It's like right it's where right where no one's she, voice no. can sing chest voice fully on that note. No, she's sitting in a weird spot, but she does it so well. Bitch knows really, doing. it really speaks to her technicality. Actually, yeah, yeah. This this entire song speaks to her technicality as a singer. Whoever Damn. the hell her voice teacher is, and then she blew up. This is not the first thing she was in, was it? No, she actually um, had an agent at the age of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's been in it a while. She's been hustling yeah, for but, some time. Um, Veronica Mars, which started a year before this, was like her big break. Everything else before that was all just bit parts uh-huh. in uh-huh. regional theater. But she was she was in the New York show, right. the off-Broadway, that didn't last long. Interesting. You know, it's... what? How do they pick things to become movies? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would not see this show and you'd be like, mm, yeah, it'd be a great movie. No. Film. Like, yeah. Maybe this show, but there are, I feel like a handful of, like, I get why we chose Rent to be turned into a movie, but you guys, 
Why did you choose Rent to be turned into a movie? Why did you choose an opera to be turned into a movie? Anyway, um, <laughs> the next track is Listen to Jesus, Jimmy. Um, in the movie, we find uh, Jimmy and Ralph looking for more weed in the church for whatever reason. Um, They're stealing, no, the stealing the money. 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 Yeah, that's right. To buy the weed. Ralph and starts Ralph's smoking, smoking in uh, frankincense. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. But Jesus comes down to save the day, just as Jimmy is about to steal some money. Um, and Jimmy is taken up to heaven for a brief moment to meet Jesus, introduced by Joan of Arc. No Christian martyr works at Harvard. I love Joan of Arc. Oh, and she that character's so perfect. Yeah, I couldn't find out a whole lot about her, but I was like, wow, I love her. And the accent and everything. It was, it was great. perfect. Everything was working. Nobody, nobody's holding back. Also, she gives off very, very queer energy. Mm, Little nineteen-year-old yeah. gay Christina was like, "I really, really like Joan of Arc." She <laughs> <laughs> really liked Joan of Arc. I don't know why, but I like her. <laughs> you know? Did you ever figure that out? <laughs> I mean, yes. Okay, good. I'm so glad. I am character development. Yes. Yes. Character um, development. So we go in to listen to Jesus, Jimmy. And I'll say it's the fourth dance number. I've been counting these dance numbers. (laughs) This is the, I was saying earlier, this is the beauty school dropout of this show. Mm. Yes. Like this, this, it's so different than everything else. This is like Vegas Jesus. Vegas Jesus! He took a break from his residency to deliver this message. But more like uh, Wayne Newton Vegas. Like a little, just a little off. Just a little, just a little unprepared. Just a little too showy. (laughs) A little too Vegas-y. A little too gold. A little too... A little. Just a little too. Just a little too. A little too. A little too choreographed, you know? That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> who is Jesus? What's his name? His name is Robert Torty. Um, which let me let me roll here. So, originated the roles of Jesus and Jack in both the New York City and the Los Angeles stage productions of Reaper Madness. Oh, he's been a it great is, Jack. It is Jesus slash Jack. So on the on the stage show, correct me if I'm wrong. Double cast. Jesus is double cast with Jack. That, okay. Yeah, because I've only sense. seen Jack's yeah. not really in. Um, he got a Tony nomination, which you talked about this earlier for, uh, Grease Ball and Starlight Express, which marked his Broadway debut. Um, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend about why Andrew Lloyd Webber does the things that he does. For instance, the Cinderella, um, revival that happened in the UK a few years ago. Um, so they, um, revive, wait, what did I say? Cinderella? Because I meant the Wizard of Oz. Um, he was putting the Wizard of Oz on stage and he and Tim Rice decided it needs some new numbers. Um, and so before Somewhere Over the Rainbow, they added... Nobody understands me, sung by Dorothy. Okay, does she does she kind of not say that in somewhere over the ring? <laughs> There's another song entitled "Red Shoes Blues," which I can only imagine is as good as it sounds. <laughs> I just don't. I just sometimes Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber makes choices, and I'm just wondering how much cocaine he's on at the time of that choice. Like the entire choice of Phantom of the Opera. Yes, or the entire choice of Starlight Express. It's, this, well, it's one of the witches who sings it, but I want to know which 
Which is it? Is it the one that gets oh. crushed by the house, or is Wait, it the, the other? Nobody understands me song. No, the, the red shoes the blues. Red shoes oh, red shoes. Which yeah. which sings it? Which 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 which? Is it the one that gets <laughs> crushed the, by the, the house? The wicked witch of the east, or is it the wicked witch <laughs> of the west? The applause button. <laughs> That's well, it works. Um, yeah, it's that, it's that one right there. The rim shot. That one. Um, okay, so also still on the subject of. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, Robert Torty was also in, uh, he was the Pharaoh and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. No, he would nail this. This <laughs> thing. This, the, the character of Joseph does like the little, it's the Elvis song. He would nail it. He's also been, uh, right? No, that's the Pharaoh. No, he was Joseph. He was the Pharaoh. He was, he the was Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Oh my God. <sighs> we'll cut this. Uh, he was also on the Drew Carey show. Uh, Vinny and Bobby, which I don't know what that is. Um, the Young and the Restless, and, young and the, the Sweet Restless. Life of Zach and Cody, famously. Great, that's what I knew him from. <laughs> he makes a pretty badass Jesus. Yeah, really kills it. There are some hilarious moments in this number too, where they like set up a scene, and it's like it's like the Last Supper, and then he gets up and sings. <laughs> and there's just so many little religious yes. nuggets in there. This one you would be definitely lost if you didn't grow up slightly in a church. You would be very, 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 very lost. Yeah, <laughs> throughout this whole because it's it's some specific references. Well, you just yeah. miss the humor. You yes. just miss why it's so funny, or I think it's funny. A lot of nuggets. So. Jimmy's not convinced by the number. Listen to Jesus, Jimmy. He says, I got a new God got a now. New God now. Rejects him <laughs> entirely. The devil is even <laughs> shocked. The devil is shocked. The devil's like, what? <laughs> he spits out his milk. Oh. <laughs> um, and Jimmy steals the money um, and buys more weed. And he's um, driving in a car with... Sally. Sally's driving the car. Oh, wait. In the wait. in between, we find out that Sally sold her baby. This is true. We right? Do. Yes. Oh, we did. Did. In because the car, of, yeah. Yeah, because of the timeline of this happens right before World War II. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing on our Asian American racism coming down the pipe. Like we were fully in and at that we point. Just had, still. To, just had to make sure we could tuck a little racism into. Oh, yeah, just to make <laughs> sure. We need to get everybody. To, we have to get everybody. It. Racism. Yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy and Sally are driving down the the road, and um, they run over an old man. Um, they get out of the car and they examine him, and they they decide he's dead. Murder. It happened. Murder. It finally happened. Um, which is a trope they use in the PSA as well. Only the old man does not die, but people will tell, tell him that he dies. Um, and so we go into, through his remorse, um, Jimmy just has to sing. So he sings um, a song about Mary Jane and how it wrecks him, wrecks him. but also Mary Lane and how he loves her. Um, yeah, this song won Jane, an Mary Emmy. Lane. Emmy award-winning tune, Mary Kevin Jane, Murphy Mary Lane. won an Emmy for these lyrics. This one does stick in your head. It does. It's been so, replaying it's through so my cute. <laughs> I always talk about the the tag at the end where everybody starts singing the um, love by Mary, love, love by, by Mary, yeah. love it's good. by it's Mary. Lane. Choice, catchy stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some of the best lines. 
Yes. In in the whole show. Clever little like, earworm. Like you fill my world with all the colors of the Sunday funnies. It's like the most fucking romantic thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Like if and someone like, said that to me, I would die and just throw into a puddle on the floor. You Good, smear me like a ketchup stain. You smear me like a ketchup. Um, there's one line that I love. Uh, you you steady me sweetly, sweet as Shirley Temple dipped in pudding. Sweet as Shirley <laughs> And then the subsequently uh, him realizing pudding. pudding and says, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, she, she's so surprised too. She's like, Shirley Temple's pudding? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but she goes with it. She's like, she's okay, in it by that Shirley point. She's Temple like, pudding. Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, you know, that's what? an understanding girl. He did come over in the middle of the night. It was almost 9, 9 p.m. <laughs> what lunacy this show is. <laughs> Absolutely chaotic. What lunacy their views were back then. I think True. that's just what brings us to light. Like, True. none of this was, is, I mean, it's exaggerated, but it's not untrue. That's why it's so yeah. funny. What yeah. are you doing here in the middle of the night? It's almost 9 p.m. <laughs> we haven't really even talked about how they do portray people that smoke weed like it's like, angel dust mixed with right. steroid mixed yes. with like crack mixed with a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> a lot of Red Bull. In the PSA, they talk about how heroin um, gets into the country, like people sneak it mm. in or whatever, and then people use it. But it's not as bad no. as marijuana. Mm. Marijuana. Not yeah. as addictive. Right. It's Marijuana not is so fair. much worse. Yeah. And they mentioned that in... Um, this movie too. One of the one of the parents at the PSA meeting. He mm. says, "Well, I think it was what did he say? Well, he says heroin. Yeah, yeah. I think he was addicted to heroin, and that sounds much worse." And he says, "No, no, 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 no." And, like threatens him and talks him down. Threatens oh. him with communism. And then yes. they turned around and got black people hooked on heroin in the fifties, and then it's hooked on crack in the eighties. It's fine. History. Mm. It ain't great. Man, but marijuana is the schedule one drug. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, that propaganda is pervasive and still effective. Mm-hmm. Many people still think that. Like, yeah. Then yeah. it's very, very, very addictive. And not that it can't be for some people. Let's <laughs> be clear. Yeah. But well, it's not. Clinically speaking. It's a psychologically addictive thing. Right. right. Like, it's not you right. that's actually hurting your body. You addicted yeah. to exercise. Or, you're not yeah. going to go into methadone withdrawals. Right. right. Even the media <laughs> plays into that. Like, right. They do. on weed. Like, you're not going to smoke weed and go to cartoon world. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. I feel like it does get exaggerated, even in that sense. Even by people that smoke weed. Yeah. So speaking of uh, ingesting things and immediately turning into a cartoon. The brownie song. Jack comes back to coax Jimmy back to the weed den. Um, And he tries to get him back with some more reefer. And Jimmy says, you're talking about a dead phone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Such a good line. And um, he says, all right, all right, all right, fine. How about a brownie? So Jimmy's like, yeah, would I'm you hungry. like a brownie? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm hungry. I'll take a brownie. And he eats the brownie and immediately. First bite. Like mm. tripping balls. Mm. Um, and we go into the brownie song, which in my opinion is the next turtle of this movie. <laughs> Definitely. If you it make it past is. this, you will be you will okay. It. You'll be okay. Um, this replaced um, a few numbers in the 
the only stage one production. only one I saw was the monkey song, which sounded oh, okay so much worse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> than the yeah. brownie song. Or way possibly way better. <laughs> uh, it's, it's questionable. I'd love to go back in time and see it. Hmm. Um, the the song the setup was like Jimmy was in a boxing match with like an actual monkey, and Sally was there as the referee or oh. something like that. Uh, he was fighting the literal monkey on his back. Oh, of course. Get away from me. That, that's that's. <laughs> I did not the write that. <laughs> on his back. Yeah, absolutely. That was not me responsible for that joke. Oh. Well, yeah. Honestly, I I don't know if I, I'm going to say that it was a it was a it was a good move to put the brownie song in there. It's a better move, probably. Yeah, probably better. Okay. I don't know if I would have gotten over the monkey. I don't know if I would have made it past no. the monkey. Yeah, it probably would have been so wild. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh no, we got to be done. What a wild left turn that would be in this show. Yes, <laughs> in a show yeah. full of left turns. <laughs> oh. Okay, moving the story right along. Um, unless someone has something to say about the brownie song. You know, I was just going to say I had a good story about a lady. I I met this like older woman and she was telling me about the time that she ate brownies. Um, And basically like her friend brought her like a bunch of weed and was like, hey, could you make this into brownies? And she's like, sure. But she had never made brownies, had no idea what she was doing. So she dumped like this whole bag in here and like made these like super potent brownies. And her and her friend went to this like sorority dinner but there wasn't a whole lot of food served, so they were fucking hungry. And then after the dinner, they were supposed to drive down, I think it was to Tulsa or something like that, to see Eric Clapton play. And so they were in the car with these brownies that they had like, they were like, they were saving for the concert, but they were like, man, we're hungry. So they ate them on the way down. And she's like, I don't know how we got in there. I remember we somehow made it all the way to Tulsa. And then also we made it to our seat. She said, I remember seeing a friend of mine and thinking he looked like Jesus. And then we sat into our seats and she goes, and then the next day I woke up and it was like three days later and I was in my mom's house, like in my bedroom. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) She's like, I do not remember. She's like, we got home. Like I dropped my friend off. Like we did the whole thing. She's like, but I don't remember seeing Eric Clapton. (laughs) (laughs) Edibles proceed with caution. Right. (laughs) It was such a good story. To say about the song before we move on. Okay. Um, But it is also... Veiled subject, subjectification, subject. I can't talk. Subjectification. Thank you. A black woman. The whole dang song is the way they portray the brownie, the way they built the brownie, the way they're using the brownie. No. (laughs) And it also is just the way that America has seen black women forever, but especially back then, is just playthings. Dirty playthings, by the way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. So moving on. <laughs> um, the next track is Little Mary Sunshine. Dirty playthings. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're just moving on what? to white women now. Uh, segue. <laughs> it's really professionals over in this joint. <laughs> um, so uh, Mary has come to the house looking for Jimmy because he did not show up when they decided that they were going to meet and then run away together. Um, and Mary meets Ralph. Um, and uh, offers her some marijuana 
Officer, some cigarette. And she immediately turns into a dominatrix. He <laughs> lies. She doesn't know it's weed. Oh, yeah, that's she right. That's true. That's right. Oh, a fancy girl. one from Paris. She, yes. From Paris. She even says, um, I think you tricked me, Ralph, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He says, no. Well, and Ralph said, like, gross things as soon as she rolled up. Like, yeah. he was, like, hunting her. You oh, know? Well. <laughs> like, I'm going to get her to what did he say uh smoke this and forget what no means like some yeah, gross, yeah, yeah. gross lines there yeah you how the, no. the turntables yeah it's when the bapalacha gets it you forget the word no yeah. yeah um but yes the tables they do turn um because he bites off more than he could chew um she brands him she whips him mm-hmm. <laughs> And clips him. She licks him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes from like the zero to full dominatrix in like a second. 60 seconds. Flat. Yeah. <laughs> two hits. I mean, you say two hits, but she's like. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I mean, those joints may not have smoked very easily back then. That might have been like equivalent <laughs> to half a hit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what's funny is actually weed was so much chiller back then like, like it's not as intense as we have very carefully the, cultivated yes it. we have the most intense marijuana now that's ever ever happened the weed that they smoked back then was so mild it was like five or six percent thc mm. i think oh, Lord. It's very very low well because they've genetically bred it now so they were getting yeah. this like 25 30 percent or more thc count and it's we're getting Crazy. fucked up. We are getting <laughs> fucked it's a, it's up. A full on, it's a full-on drug. It's now. also the reason why people are more paranoid and anxious with weed now than ever before because they've bred all of the other things out that, like, calm me oh, down. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, they talk about, of all things, Lord of the Rings, they talk about them smoking pipe tobacco. It's roughly weed, what they're talking about, and they even call it, like, weed of some kind in, in the books. Like it was pretty much just like this much more powerful than tobacco. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That means that you'd have a real chill afternoon. Mm. You'd be able to do stuff. Well, and, mm. and hemp before all the marijuana movements and stuff, hemp was like a pretty, it, it was poised to take over the, the cotton. That's the reason that they scheduled marijuana. Yes. That's really the right. reason. Yes. It's because that was prepared to take over the paper industry. Right. Yeah. America's so. not having that. So, yeah. There's all so sorts they needed of to make yeah. marijuana evil, and this movie came about. They needed to make it well, illegal. and because hemp is so versatile, it would have taken over more markets. Everything. Oh yeah, just it's, that. yeah mm-hmm. for cotton, everything. Cotton. It's good for plastics. Like if what? you want to like reuse it for that, you can use we it for like it oils. We use it for insulation in our van. Mm-hmm. You can use it for nice. lots of things. We live in a van. I feel like that should be ambulance, you guys. Yeah. It's not just a van; it's a freaking ambulance, Red and it's very cool. Relief vehicle. <laughs> and what's its name? Um, Doctor Evie. Doctor Evie. <laughs> it is a disaster relief emergency vehicle, or rather, D-R-E-V. she was. <laughs> but now she's retired. She she's is retired. retired. She's living yeah. a new life. Yeah. Now she's yeah. our house. She's getting some plastic surgery. Eat, praying, and loving. She's about to and go on she vacation. Has hemp <laughs> insulation. So Stop. there you go. There we go. Praying and loving all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. So it's it makes it even more ridiculous when you know the history of marijuana that they made this so over the top because yeah. it was some weak shit. <laughs> some weak shit. It's actually 
so in watching this earlier, I found out that the two creators of the show were listening to a Frank Zappa album mm. um, when they first started kind of like generating the ideas for uh, the show. And the album that they were doing is a rock opera that Frank, Frank Zappa wrote. Um, Mary is the love interest. And the, the only like major change is that it, the, the theme of the album or the idea behind it is that the government is like trying to unify everyone under one thing in order to like make a better future. And they can't seem to get everybody to unify on one thing. So they just start making everything illegal. So that way, at least everyone is a criminal. Right. So at the beginning of this album, the government is getting ready to outlaw music and the main character, Joe, uh, starts a band like right at the beginning of this album. Right. But like the storyline of that album and of Reefer Madness are almost identical just with music instead of pot. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of differences like Zappa is really gross and a lot of stuff but um but like the overall storyline they're like so close and you can really see how they like built their own musical out of this album plus the the psa the vehicle is the same like yeah that album open with a sort of similar like Somebody is informing somebody yes oh yeah they have the the central inquisitor who is basically Uh, the lecturer in in the uh, reefer madness and um he's also talking about like rock and roll music as like this dangerous <laughs> scourge that's happening scourge. like a statement on the like way that propaganda uses all the same tactics right no matter what, yeah. Yeah. whatever the issue is that they're I mean, trying to attack it's the same tactic it's this whole board. thing like J- joe like joins the band and like Mary is just a sweet, innocent girl, but she becomes a groupie for a band called Toto is the Toto Toto, (laughs) (laughs) but she becomes a groupie for this band and she like turns to the dark side. And then he like has a whole like mental breakdown because when he goes to prison and like, it's a whole thing. No, that's an opera, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, it's also very wild musically too. Like it, picks from a bunch of different genres all over the place so just i would just was reading the description of this album very struck by like how similar it really is to what they made yeah it's just interesting to me moving on to mary's death jimmy comes into the room and sees um uh mary and ralph doing something um, <laughs> dry humping. Yeah, dry, dry humping. humping. Yes, and a little <laughs> bit of. Uh, um, and uh, Jimmy is just fired up with rage, and he goes and attacks Ralph. Um, and I don't even remember where the gun comes from, but a gun Jack. comes from Jack. Jack comes in with a gun, fighting uh, uh, Jimmy, crazed Jimmy, and the gun goes off and um, kills our Mary Sunshine. Oh. Um, and they have this number. They have a, a essentially a Romeo and Juliet reprise. Um, yeah, and uh, it turns out that their life is a little bit more like Romeo and Juliet than they ever expected. I mean, you really said it all. 
Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> next. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the next song, the third and final hurdle for me, the next number is is the murder number. Murder. It's, it's so much. It's, it's <laughs> a lot. It is a rough one. I think it was the highest hurdle. Yes. Yes. Um, See, I feel like the three you're describing are the most musical numbers they're the most complex like yeah. choreography music like um mind fuckery mind yeah fuckery. they're just bananas <laughs> yeah they're yeah. really really for people who are there for the theater of it we're yes. here for it yeah and well they really they really lean into that yeah um <laughs> they really do <laughs> but honestly this number is also kind of like the best musical theater number oh man it's especially wild. the way it ends yeah like it's the it's moving the story along um, except for that like little interlude where he's like out like looking for Ralph or whatever after he shot him. Um, it moves the story along and it's just like epic for everybody. Everybody, no matter what part you're singing, you're gonna like. It's got yeah. a lot of power in it. Um, this is the one for another one that feels so much like I can literally just see this on stage, yes, especially that yes. moment where they're like all singing in chorus around May and they're like. I don't know. I can see everyone's face and it's very framed yes, and it, it just very looks tableau. like yeah. on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this used to be a, uh, a book scene. So there used to be no music when everybody got murdered, um, mm. which would, I feel like take, it would change the vibe in the room. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, solid choice, putting the murders to music. Um, I also put like every person is working in this number because it feels like they are the orchestra, the actors, everybody, everybody's working. Everybody's doing it. Now is the stuff reprise after murder? Yes. Or is it? yes. Okay. I couldn't remember. And the people who are murdered are, um, um, Ralph, Sally, and what's her name? They're dead. Um, <laughs> Um, like the callback joke there (laughs) and we go into the stuff reprise um, which is uh, Anna Gasteyer it's her time to shine Shine. when she pulls that man's is it his liver or his heart Heart. 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 well she makes the delivered joke and I wasn't sure if it was like (laughs) trying to really nail the hammer on the head or what when she says goodnight, Gracie, it's just like, oh, oh, we're in this. There's something very ASMR about it. Yes. Like, oh, it good does. Night, it's just shivers down my spine. So good. Yeah. Very give her the Oscar. Um, I love this shit. <laughs> it's like a straight up revenge fantasy. Yes. So good. Amazing. It's like that moment. Has anyone seen that Julia Roberts? This is so random, but that Julia Roberts film, Sleeping with the Enemy. No, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's very old, so spoiler alert. She was like a, a battered woman, and at the end, she kills her husband, and she calls the police and reports the murder right before she freaking kills him. And it was kind of that goodnight Gracie <sighs> moment is like that moment yes. where she's on the phone with the police. Oh, yes. I don't know yeah. why. It always reminds See, me of that. All I could think of when I hear Julia Roberts' name nowadays is. Uh, Billy on the street when he has the Julia Robstacle course <laughs> and she, the contestant has to go down a slide and he goes, I'll go down, down the Julia Roberts career slide into the pool. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, continue. 
Oh, he's making dreams come true. Um, <laughs> it's Billy on the street. So um, now um, um, Jack, he's dead. Uh, mutilated, actually. Um, his heart gets ripped out of his chest. Um, and May, covered in blood. Covered in blood. Just puts on some lipstick. <laughs> walks out Checks her hair. <laughs> <laughs> And she goes to see uh, the president because he's in town, Franklin Delano. Um, <laughs> Just the best Alan Cummings role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the camp scene too. I for one would like to hear what the bloodstained woman has to say. <laughs> like the scene before she goes though, and they're telling the audience that the president's coming at six o'clock. <laughs> yes, and she's just on the newspaper and she's, she's pointing to each word, and then they show the clock, clock. and it's six o'clock, clock and then she clock. goes back and points to six o'clock again. <laughs> in case you missed it the first time. That is so that's good. a perfect theater moment too. Yeah, that was perfect because that she's taking that mm-hmm. moment to make it funny. Oh, I enjoyed that camp. <laughs> You know, because if she hadn't taken that time to do it, you miss that, her checking the clock, checking the newspaper. You, you It's easy to miss that if she doesn't take the time to make it a yeah. thing. Sorry, go on. And to just really lean into that over the yes. top. Um, we're, we're feeding you everything you need. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're not letting you do anything on your own. Trying to be smarter than you, but isn't. <laughs> yeah. Smarter than its audience, but isn't. Um, uh Great. So she's going to talk to the president to save Jimmy Harper because he's going to be um, electrocuted. Um, from murder. From murder. Um, so just in the nick of time, they come in with a presidential pardon. Um, oh, in the scene, then he's about to be executed. The executioner who's asking him if he has any last words is the original narrator in the production. So in the production, he was, or the lecturer, he was the lecturer. He was um, um, also the the soda jerk character. Right, because they changed it to a woman for the movie, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was doing work this whole show. Just, there's that. Um, And we go into uh, the last big dance number. I counted seven dance numbers, just for the record. And not to mention that most of those dance numbers are also extremely demanding vocally mm-hmm. as well, especially for Sally. Ooh, yeah. Sally. Yeah. And they had different dancers. Yes, like, it wasn't it wasn't the same chorus. There were so many people on the yeah. show. A lot of people in this little movie that um, we learned debuted at Sundance. Of all places. Of all, of places. all places. So that's. I'm sure they ate it up. Can you imagine sure. being there to see film, like independent films, and you get this? <laughs> that, that would be you get amazing. This. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, um, it's the la- it's at the very end of the song, the very end of the movie. He said the line, "When dangers near, exploit their fears," which is like, you know, summation of the whole thing. I'm not sure why I wrote it down, but I wrote it down. It's significant. Because it's the whole point. It's the yeah. whole point of the movie. It's and the, the whole other, point. Why it's, why it oh, yeah, and the end will justify the means is the very mm-hmm. last line of the show. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And it really sums it all up, like what they're trying to make fun point of. Point yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about this musical, and maybe it's just because they made it into a movie, but um, there's really not that many songs. It's just that the ones that are in there are very long. And big. <laughs> but... Uh, musicals live are usually like two and a half at the very least. 
this manages to kind of tuck it into a little bit tighter time frame. I feel yeah, like. I didn't time the movie. How long is it? I think it's just under two hours. Okay. They yeah. did cut some numbers. Yes. Like, right. There's an act one finale and like an act. There's, there's like three songs there that they cut because they're like, we don't need to pause. Yeah. I mean, there's no need to pause the story. So. So just under two hours. Yeah, I mean that that for me is kind of impressive for doesn't a feel like it though because it just grabs you and drags you along. Um, I mean, yeah. I I really appreciate the stuff in particular, or the the stuff, the last, the truth. Got to tell them the truth. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate this song because it, it lays out the entire base plan for the drug war from then to now. Yeah. Yeah. Straight absolutely. up. <laughs> like everything that they in that song they did. It really shows you the like fervor for yes. it too. And how to get to people. And they knew that yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, there's a line in the song that says, We need to teach our children how to think. Mm. <laughs> that poor guy, the one guy in the the group of people watching the movie who's like, Hey, I don't think marijuana's that bad. <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, I don't think you got your facts right, sir. <laughs> Krasinski, isn't it? Just a simple... It's a Russian name. What? It's Polish. <laughs> Just a magazine with the word American in it. <laughs> but yeah, they bring that back in this number. They very much are like, patriotism will yeah. always yes. make yeah. people believe mm-hmm. something. You put an American flag on it and say yep. that if you don't agree, you're not an American. Mm-hmm. So also, <laughs> you should rat out people that don't agree. Like yep. You should yes. tattle on them. You need to let us know what kind of propaganda that your neighbors are consuming. Are yep. they reading literature? Are they listening to jazz? Are they smoking weed? Are they hanging out with black people? Are they communists? <laughs> or socialists? <gasps> I can't breathe in anymore. Okay. <laughs> Gasped out. <laughs> um, I wasn't ready for the first one, so the second one, I was like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Um, yeah. So, wait, have we reached the end? Yeah, that's the end of the show. I do love that some of the dead characters get an extra line in in this number. Again. Yeah, they, yeah, they come I, back as other characters. I feel like Sally's um, oh. Statue of Liberty moment is like yes. one of her oh. her best vocal moment in the whole show. It is. Oh, um, there is uh, a bit. Um, okay, so in the stage show, the orgy, we're going back. There's that bit where the 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 the, the Alan Cumming and her they have that like singing duet where they're like calling back and forth to each other, right? The the like yeah, that sort of tribal chant mm-hmm. thing that oh, 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 that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was originally in the show, but then they had to cut it because they couldn't find actors like to reach that. Um, I was, like I was just looking for this, that the thing you're talking about. Yeah, and and um, when they were doing the movie, they decided to put it back in because finally they had an actress who could hit those notes. They also um, Amy the, Springer, Amy Springer, the um, lecturer had a pole dance number that they added. <laughs> they added that um, during the um, Five and Dime. Uh, during the original run in Los Angeles, but they had to cut it in New York because they couldn't find a stripper pole for him to (laughs) to dance on. Like, how are we going to put this pole on the stage? (laughs) What a shame. Um, And I, Dead Old Man, is that in the movie at all? 
No, no the okay. old man dies, but there's there's no number there. Okay, yeah, because they they replaced it with Mary Jane, Mary Lane, but I didn't right. know if it got preserved some way. In it did, um, because that's that was the name of their production company. Oh, God, <laughs> nothing is thrown away. That's no, brilliant. no, they use everything. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm just reading this, like Christina said, the Act One finale and Jimmy on the Lamb were cut. And I think Jimmy on the Lamb was kind of shuffled out sometimes for the Brownie song. Oh, well, probably. It says um, during the New York, the off-Broadway, it says the Act 2 opening Jimmy on the Lamb was given a conceptual overhaul, which added Ralph May and Sally as a jazz backup trio and set up the Brownie song. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm. And they started working on this in like 98 or some shit. Yeah, well, and it says even in this that they changed things after the movie came out, too, for the for stage, the show. stage oh. show. They retro yeah, okay. retroactively added a lot of things from the movie into the stage show. Uh, changes include Sally driving the car that kills the old man, not Jimmy. Mm. Uh, a happy ending of sorts, it doesn't say what, for May and Jimmy. Uh, Mary's ascension to heaven, Ralph joining Jimmy for the church break-in scene, and the bonfire sequence. Oh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, Which makes sense because, I mean, it is this like weird cult classic now. And so yeah, it's like it if you go it. see the stage show and you're like, wow, this is wildly different. Yeah. Oh, who's this fucking monkey? Where <laughs> 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 exactly. did the monkey come from? Uh, God, I would have loved to have just watched that progression, though. Like, not that I would have been old enough to understand it in 1998. But, um, yeah, to see that journey would be cool. How it changed. I have a random question. So if you burnt a pile of marijuana leaves like that, wouldn't it like, wouldn't that smoke get you high? Yeah. That bonfire at the end, he was just smoking them all out, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just just making sure. I mean, like the stuff that you buy from shops and whatnot is like dried and all that kind of stuff. So it's probably not as potent, I would say, but it's it's still going to do something. They loved burning down crops then though. That was how they got rid of them. Mm Yeah. Just kind of a funny twist. Well, yeah. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. We did it. We made it all the way through. Um, I feel like in record time. Oh, yeah. What is the timestamp? I'm not sure. About an hour and a half, a little under. No, no, it's not a record. Um, (laughs) Does anybody have a favorite number? The stuff. The stuff. I mean, she really Easily. sells it. Easily. Even both iterations, like Truly. the whole thing as a package, the stuff. That that and um, um, what is the name of Sally's song when she first comes in? Is that the orgy? Is yeah. It, it starts with oh, Sally. The come on, Jimmy, come on, Jimmy, yeah. suck it down for Sally. Yes, I actually really like that one. Um, <laughs> on the soundtrack, it's labeled as Jimmy takes a hit slash the orgy. Ah, okay. <laughs> I would say for lyrics, Mary Jane, Mary Lane. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite. For like production, like as a number, I think Listen to Jesus Jimmy is just. (laughs) It's good. Listen to Jesus Jimmy is so good. And like the number that everybody's dying to have, you know what I mean? Like as performers, like that. Oh, fuck yeah. That would be so fun to do. If it wasn't dual cast to just come in and be Jesus and leave, that would be the best part. It would be amazing. I think mine is. Mary Sunshine. 
Oh, that's a good one too. I just, man, I love a good character actor, and that is just, oh, that that song is just good. There's a lot to just eat into in that song. Kristen, and there's a lot you can do with it. Yeah, it sits in a good spot. Kristen Bell is truly a class act. Oh, she kills it in that. Do you have a fave, Miss Jean? You know, I hadn't really seen it before this. this so it was, was mostly first, like, me like absorbing it. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I loved it. I'm sad that I <laughs> never, ever again. I've sworn off any drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a trip. It was fun. A blast. I really liked it. Yeah. It's great stuff. Lisa, did you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite, Lisa? Um, well, probably Mary Jane, Mary Lane, just because that one gets stuck in my head the most. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's so catchy. It's yeah. A clever little earworm. It is. Truly. I mean, it love won an Emmy. By Mary, love, by Mary, <laughs> love, <laughs> love, Mary, love, um, love by Mary, do my do Mary, oh Mary, Magdalene. We're gonna have to cut this off before it just turns into a sing along for. <laughs> All right, so Kevin Murphy and his lyricism. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any more to say. That's all I have to say. Watch about that. that all you have to say about Watch that. Watch the movies. Tell your children. I'll tell you. Yeah, we're kids. all sober Fight the now, right? <laughs> you say what? We're all sober moving forward. This movie. Y- yes, yes. I say no made... to drugs, guys. Yes. Say. D a r e. Always. No. Scourge. <laughs> say no to <laughs> your friends scourge. that'll give you free drugs. Yeah, say don't take no the free them. ones. Pay for your own. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're safe. Why did you just look at me like that? <laughs> I didn't look at you. I looked up above you. I'm so sorry. So like, Christina, you are you are going off. You know, you're you a responsible no. person. I trust you to take care of yourself. Oh my god. Um, the next time we meet, I don't know what we're talking about. We have not decided. It's open ended for yeah. us. Um, Gazoon Height. Um, It'll be a the, surprise. Miss Jean's choice, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Wait, it's my choice. It's yeah. your choice. Yeah. This oh next my god! Time. I thought that I thought that Colton was doing a thing, but that's okay because I do have an album picked out. What All right, it? we're gonna do. I'm excited for this one. Uh, it's a it's a fun pick. I hope. Uh, we're going to do Tyler the Creator's oh. 2019 <gasps> album, Igor. Okay. Igor. Okay. All right. I'm excited. This is gonna be okay. <laughs> All right. How I excited! Love Tyler, the creator. This is our first uh, rap. We have not it? done a hip hop album. Think I'm excited. First one we're all for like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Into it, let's do it. It's a f- if you haven't listened to it, I'm real excited. I haven't listened to it all the way through. I I'm so excited. I haven't, but I'm I do love Tyler. Story. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck yeah. It's interesting, so I'm excited. Oh, to I'm, talk I'm about sure. It. It is. Nice. Well, excellent. I'm excited that's what's next. It so was we a do surprise. Have a plan, guys. We, we have planned. a plan. It has now been solidified. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing uh, Tyler the Creator's Igor. Our process in action, live and recorded. Yeah. <laughs> We're transparent here. You know that's why you love us. Christina and Lisa. All six. Thank you for you. being here. Yes. Thank you yes. so much you. for having us. Yeah, and um, if you would like to see two queers and two dogs living in an ambulance, um, you can follow <laughs> us on Instagram at les underscore underscore go. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Got to drop in, you know, the promotion. Yeah, absolutely. You're officially starting your influencer 
career. They're so cute. The ambulance is cute. The dogs yeah. are cute. Indeed. Or you it's can a good just time, y'all. Email us at contact.lesgo at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's professional over here. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so at the end, we um, like to say bye really obnoxiously. Mm. Um, so we're going to do that now. Bye! bye. Pretty. Me? Oh, it's her bag. Not on this day. <laughs> I was like, what is on giving me feedback day. all of a sudden? Okay. That's my best friend. She a real bad bitch. <laughs> um, Let's get down to biz. To <laughs> defeat <laughs> the Huns. I think I was talking about <laughs> Mae Coleman. Yeah. I yeah. know she's the, the original, villain. And the, yeah, in the original PSA, Mae Coleman And then we was talked like about how villain. great Anna Gastar is. And yes. Oh, it's, okay. So we did all that. Oh, yes, yeah, so we've we done all that. Oh, great. Did, we're actually probably ready to move on. talking about the original. What? I think that might have been. Oh, right. yeah. That's where we were talking about May. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about May after. You were in the middle of that. Okay. Yeah.